All right, so we're going to veer today because we have so many people that we don't know. <laughs> that we're going to get to know, hopefully. Amen. I'm um, going to go to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. The Lord has led me in another direction this morning. And I will continue our series in Colossians at another time, should the Lord say the same. Amen. But the 78th Psalm, Psalm 78. I'm going to be reading out of a simpler translation today, this New Living Translation, just so we can all be a little bit clear and on the same page and, and move expeditiously. Amen. Because there are a few people that look like they have chicken on their mind. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Psalm 78. All right. The Word of God reads, uh, verses 1 through 8. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Amen? For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So that the next generation, or so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So, purpose clause, each generation should set its hope anew on God. Let me say that again. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, comma, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, key phrase, and refusing to give their hearts to God. Psalm 78. I'm going to speak to you this morning from the title, Passing Down the Truth. Passing Down the Truth. Father, we thank you for this word. Please bless it in the hearers, Father, and let them come to know the truth. Amen. In verses 1 through 8 of this psalm, this is a psalm of Asaph. Everyone say the name Asaph. Asaph, okay? So Asaph wrote this psalm, and he is instructing the parents to teach their children about God. God's character attributes are to be passed down from generation to generation. Hey, Cookie. Hey, girl. But to understand the thrust, the push, the incentive behind this encouragement to pass down the faith to our children, I think we should look at the previous chapter. Because I learned something that was rather interesting. They're actually connected. 
I learned that Psalm 77 and Psalm 78 are both written by Asaph, the same person, during a very, very rough time in Israel's history. So this is not Asaph just throwing in some new subject or abruptly introducing something in the psalm that says, okay, now let's talk about what we do with our children. No. There's a chapter separation, but there's a smooth transition that is related to a previous thought. Okay? The subject matter in 78 is flowing out of actually the subject matter that's ending in 77. Okay? And I thought it was interesting to see the flow of thought. Because it's one thing for me to admonish someone to do something. There's another thing for you to understand why. Okay? And sometimes I could say, do what's right. And you'd be like, why? What for? Tell me why I should. Well, here we go. Psalm 77. Briefly, I'm going to try to run through this chapter and then we'll get to 78, okay? Psalm 77, 1 through 15. Asaph, again, says, I cry out to God. Verse 1. Yes, I shout. He's vocal about this. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, verse 2 says, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven. But my soul was not comforted. There are times, saints, when heartache is so intense, the loss is so great, the discomfort is so unrelenting that you feel like you just cannot catch a break. You look for some kind of comfort, some place to rest your head, some relief, but you find none. And I'm not just talking about physical pain. There are seasons where you can experience what we call the anguish of the soul. Has anybody been there? Am I the only one? It's often referred to as extreme emotional distress. Mental suffering where you just don't get a pause. Amen? You reach out to God with your hands lifted up. Why? Not just because of reverence, because it's almost like you're trying to feel something. I need to, I need to feel something. I need to make contact. And then verse 3 says, I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. And then there's a brief word there that says interlude. This is a psalm, so it's written to music. So he's saying, I want you to sit here and think about this while I let the music play. Amen? Overwhelmed with longing for help. Verse 4 says, you don't let me sleep. (laughs) I'm too distressed to even pray. Have you ever been in a place so dark? A season so dark, a time so dark, that you don't even know how to form words to speak to God about what's going on, and you know he already knows. Hmm? 
People look at you and they say that you must not be praying because you're going through all this. But the truth is, is that you're really overwhelmed. You're in over your head. The words to muster up a prayer of faith are just not readily available like they used to be. Your prayer gets stuck because some stuff is just too big for you. Can I get an amen? Verse 5 says, I think of the good old days. Long since ended. I mean, it was way back. When my nights were filled with joyful songs. You remember the good old days when you were walking with the Lord and you just, you know, it just seemed like every prayer got answered. You know? Now, truth be told, God is faithful. He's always been there whenever we needed him. But back in the day, it felt like he was there when we wanted him. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. You pray about something one day, and then the next day, God would just Amazon Prime you a blessing. Just <laughs> Prayer response for Pastor Hawkins, special delivery. Thank you very much. I'll sign for that. Thank you very much. Nowadays, it seems like God has dropped his Prime account. Has <laughs> canceled his subscription. It's just, you're sitting there waiting for the, the truck to ride down the street, and it's like, when's my blessing coming? I ain't seen the truck in a whole month. Where are you, God? Hmm? It's not the same. But when God is testing you, it can feel like those days are long gone. I remember back when we were in the union hall, I asked for something that would just happen. Remember that, Sister Chris? Remember Cookie? It's, Lord, we need this. And you know, the God that was training me, and, you know, in leadership, he said, this is the good part. You know, this is going to be fun right here in the beginning. He said, then Jamie, he's going to grow you. And there's a season that will come. And boy, was he right. Anybody else know about that? <sighs> when those times happen, when you enter into that season, it's human to start doubting. It's human to start doubting. He says here, in this, uh, the second part of the verse, he says, I searched my soul, verse 6, and I ponder the difference now from when the way things were to where things are now. And so what ends up happening is you start asking questions. Has the Lord, verse 7 says, rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Hmm? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Has or have his promises permanently failed? Hmm? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And then there's that word again, interlude. Let the music play. Think about it. Think about it. Questions. Lord, what happened? Are we still cool? Did I do something? Did I neglect to do something? 
Lord, are you mad at me? If I say sorry, if I say sorry right now, will you stop this? <laughs> Come on, let's just be real. I'll just say sorry right now. And we can get on with the rest of my life. <laughs> right, Dave? Psalm 102. Just trust me, Mr. You don't have to turn to it just yet. I don't want to lose my place. Psalm 102, verses 102 says, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Bend down to listen and answer me quickly when I call you. There's that word quickly, because that's what we would like. That's what we expect, amen? All right, back to Psalm 77. So let's sum it up. You're in a trial. Your faith is being tested to the point to where you're waving your arms around trying to find God. Amen? Trying to see if you can feel something. Amen? You can't pray. (laughs) Not because you don't know how. You just can't. Okay? You're too stressed out. You start thinking about things and how they used to be easier back in the day when you got saved in the 70s. You don't understand this new season that you're in right now. You don't know why things have changed. And now you're questioning God and you're doubting your relationship. These things happen. This is real. Amen? Following from that point on, 78 and 10. Psalm 78 and 10. 77 and 10, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. There you go, yes. And I said, he said, saying to myself, is this my fate? The Most High has turned his hand against me? Huh? Is this what's happening? This is my fate? The Most High has turned his hand against me. This must be what is going on. This is where we have to be careful. Before we start believing something that's not true, And you can get stuck for too long in this place, at this verse right here. Amen? But does this sound familiar? Because sometimes we ask ourselves, you know what, Lord? Obviously, we are not on good terms anymore. Something has gone wrong, or you don't like me, or whatever. I don't know what this is. I don't understand it. But I'm hurting. Amen? So in this situation... What do you do? Well, the very next verse tells us what we do. We refocus on God. Psalm 78, I mean 77 and 11. I've got to change that. I've got my wrong numbers here. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right. But then... I recall all that you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts, which implies that we're going to have to tell ourselves sometimes to change what you're thinking about. Amen? They are constantly in my thoughts. When you can't pray, simply ask God to help you refocus on God. Amen? 
Amen. I can't stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? Verse 14 says, you are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. Verse 15 says, by your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. So here's the thing. When we are going through, the word of God is saying to us here, take your mind off you. I'm going to relate this in a minute. Number two, focus on God's power. Focus on his goodness. Amen. And then another thing we'll see in just a minute we're supposed to focus on. But Moody says this. James Moody says this. He says, uh, uh, rather, uh, the theologian Moody, he says this. Instead of allowing the difficult, uh, present difficult circumstances or unanswered prayer to cause distress when remembering the Lord or cause doubt about the very character of the Lord, he says, remember the truth. Remember the truth. God, your way is holy. In other words, he cannot mess up. He cannot do what's wrong. It's just not possible for God to make a wrong decision. Your way is holy. Separate, better, different than everybody. Amen? He doesn't get it wrong. Amen? You have by your power. There is no one more powerful than God. No one more awesome than God. No one who can do anything greater than God. He is the only one. He has said he has redeemed his people. He has rescued his people. God is in the deliverance business. He knows what he's doing. Amen. We know him to be a deliverer because we need it to be delivered. You don't have a testimony of deliverance without needing some deliverance. Are you hearing me? Amen. This is who God is. This is just what he does. Amen. When we are in trouble, remember the truth. Focus back on God. You take the focus off yourself. You remember, remember that, you know, this is tough times. You got Satan on your back. You got this imperfect world in all its conditions. And then you got this. This is the part we don't like. We got the fact that God is allowing all this. Right? So now, this is just Asaph's setup chapter to 78 which is what I said before, it flows from a previous thought. The thought is, trouble is coming. What am I going to do? Refocus on God. Now, why does God allow this test? 78 is getting ready to tell us, and I'm going to tell you what the clue is right here. You ready? Because there are people that are coming after you. There's another generation that needs to be raised up, and they will need to know your story. They will need to know what you learned about God in your experience with God. They will need to know how God brought you in, brought you through, and brought you out. Amen? He says, your experience is something you must tell them. Now, Psalm 78. Verse 1. All right, 
The word of God reads, oh, my people, listen to my instruction. Open your ears to what I'm saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. Now watch this. Not meaning that the lesson is so complicated or so cloudy or hidden uh, to where it's not clear. No. It's code. He speaks in parables to us because those who have had the change of heart, those who have been redeemed, those who are saved, those who have an understanding, they can understand what God is saying because they have been gifted with the Holy Spirit who has the capacity to bring understanding and truth to those who he's dwelling in. So he said, the King James Version says, I will give you dark sayings, not because they're not clear, but it's for those who have the ear to hear. <laughs> oh, come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. Huh? He's saying basically, listen, listen, the disciple said this, Jesus, uh, uh, why do you teach in parables? And Jesus said this, he said, it's been given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. And you understand the mysteries of the kingdom, why? Because I'm right here with you. So at any moment in time you don't understand something, you can ask me and I can explain it to you. Fast forward, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the church of God, now has the Holy Spirit living inside of us to where when we hear God speak... And he said something that can be something that's completely different than the world can understand. We understand. Why do we understand? My sheep know my voice and another voice they will not follow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's not that it's, you know, unclear parables. Jesus taught this way. And he said, I'm going to teach this way anyway because the bottom line is this is how I identify my people. My people understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? We can understand. We have the Holy Spirit. Amen? 1 Corinthians 1. Ah, don't go there, Jamie. Go back. So, go back to, uh, give me verse 2. Yes. For I will speak to you in parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from the past. Amen? Verse 3. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. Amen? He's passing down the truth. That's what he's saying. Every is saying, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through what he has told him to do, to say in the inspired writings of God's word, what I want you to do is I want you to pass down the stories. Those hidden lessons from our past. Stories from our ancestors. They've been handed down to us. And then here's the command, basically. Verse 4 says, we will not hide these truths from our children. My God, today, do we need somebody to read that verse? Have you been to the mall? Have you been to the, the, the streets of Oakland? Are you seeing what's happening in the, in the side shows and all the things that are going on? And the people are walking around clueless, not knowing who they are, what they've been created for, what purpose they have. Nobody knows what to do with life. Everybody's chasing the world system. I'll tell you why. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says this message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the power of God. So in other words, what's happening is the world is on one track. But the people of God are supposed to be passing down what God said to their children. So when they see that generation, they will notice there's a difference. 
Are you seeing what I'm saying? We pass this down to the next generation. Amen. All right. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power, about his mighty works, starting with the escape from Pharaoh in Egypt. Amen. This is what they were doing. They were talking about the deliverance from slavery. Amen. How God opened up the Red Sea and crushed the oppressors of his children. How God, he brought plague after plague after plague and displayed his mighty power and his mighty arm and his mighty hand over their enemies. Amen. How God allowed them to go free and gave them money and riches when they left. Amen. God wrecked the whole economy for his children. He, he destroyed a whole nation for his children. He's saying, listen, listen, I got more power. You're on my side. I want you to know who you belong to. You may be going through all kinds of hell right now, but I'm still on the throne. And the moment I want to speak, that situation will change. Amen. He said he will do anything for his children. Tell your children about those stories. He's saying, talk about the mighty power of God, his wonders. Exodus 13 and 14 says this. Exodus 13 and 14 says this. In the future, your children will ask, what does all this mean? Then you will tell them, with the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. Psalm 71 and 18. Psalm 71 and 18. Write these scriptures down. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Why? Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. I know we got some seasoned saints in the building, and you may be saying, my children are grown now. Well, I'm here to tell you, this verse says you ain't done yet. Amen? You still have some preaching and some storytelling yet to do. And I'm not just talking to your grandbaby. I'm not just talking about the people in your family. You have the right given to you by God to speak to every person that is younger than you in this church or outside of this church of the goodness of God. Amen. Every person needs to hear how good God is. Every person needs to hear how great God is. Every person needs to hear how faithful God is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is good. God is awesome. God is powerful. God is almighty. God is supreme. And he's saying, you need to tell it, tell it, tell it. Now, that's the biblical story. But you have a story. Somebody over there already got it. Tell the next generation not just the story of the Bible, of course that. But what about your story? Huh? You know, daddy wasn't always looking like this. (laughs) Daddy was not always in this shape. Mama didn't always act like this. But God has been faithful. Huh? He is the source of every blessing. When I needed a job, God provided Huh? When I needed food on my table, God provided. Huh? When I needed pr- protection, God was there for me. I didn't even know what I was into, and he was protecting me. I tell my sons all the time, he's like, Daddy, tell me about your old tour days when you were on the road with all those rock and roll stars and stuff like that. I said, yeah. And you know, I almost got shot three or four times. 
It had no, I, no clue. I, at the picnic, eating some barbecue, listening to rap music like everybody else, I decided, you know, I'm going to take the early bus. Find out 10 minutes later, somebody showed up to the park and shot up the whole area. I just made it. Protection. I'll never forget, one of the biggest groups that I would pray for, play for, I was, my room was right about here, the elevator was right about here, some girl was messing around with one of the guys in the group, the boyfriend was in a gang, and decided to come, in boy, uh, come to the hotel where we were staying, looking for his girlfriend. They opened up the door, and somebody was in the door, in, in the elevator, they looked around, didn't see who they were, you know, what they were looking for, they were still mad, and they are in, in the hallway, oozing up the elevator and my room was right there right next to the murder God will protect you from stuff you don't even know where you're at you don't even know how you got away you don't know how you made it I was, I was, just, I was just minding my own business playing some rap music and what did God do he kept me protected me God will provide Huh? When I can't see how I'm going to make it. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know. I don't see a way out, you know, out of a certain situation. God will be a way out of no way. Don't you understand? Israel was backed up against the wall. They didn't know where they were going to go. There was a sea on this side and there was the troops on that side. And God just said, well, I'll just open up the sea. You walk through there on dry land. How many people have seen God make a miracle situation where you could not tell how you was going to get out of the situation? You didn't know. I, I don't see it, God. And God said, look over here. I'm over here. I done made a way out. That's God. Tell them about it. Tell them your story. Tell them how God made a way for you. Tell them what God has done for you, how good he is, how glorious he is, how dependable he is. Every single day I get up, I got new mercy. Come on now. Tell them about the goodness of God. Pass that down to the next generation. But don't just tell them about God's power and his deliverance capabilities. Verse 5 changes it up a little bit. It says, tell, God, tell the children about God's rules. Amen. I know we just allowing all kinds of stuff nowadays because it's a new day. And we got folks doing all kinds of things. Now I heard something about some drug folks are taking now. It's just, it's just, uh, it blows my mind. You know, it's, it's ridiculous out there. You know, we got people doing all, these are people, these are someone, someone's children. You understand that? And God is saying, don't hide my rules. Don't just tell them about my blessings. Tell them about my rules. Verse 5, 78. Psalm, yeah, thank you. Verse 5. Good, who's ever up there? You rocking. All right. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them. And even the children not born yet, or not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. You see how this is supposed to go? It's supposed to be passing it down. There's a very familiar verse. Don't have to turn to it. We know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. 
before we get to that, lean, there's, a, there's our own understanding that we can tend to lean toward. We all have our leaning. You know, I did not think about it. Have you ever thought about it this way, Jamie? No, I never. I didn't think about it that way. What about that? Oh, that sounds good. I think we're going to lean over here. Lean not to your own understanding. Here's the thing, saints. God has been good and he has rescued us time and time again. But let's be honest with ourselves. Some of the stuff we got into was our own fault. It wasn't just bad times. It wasn't just Satan's on my tail. It wasn't this, you know, some of this stuff was like, you know, we gave Satan a lot to work with. Man, what you gonna, man, we, we gonna go over there. Is that what we gonna do, man? You think that's what we should do, man? Yeah, girl, that's what I'm saying, girl. That's what we gonna do. We going, girl. You with it? You with it? I'm with it, girl. girl I'm with it. Right? Some of this stuff we got into ourselves. And God, in rescuing us, had to drag us out. Drag us out of the mess we made. We needed to be rescued, unchained, unhinged, ripped out of, snatched out of the stuff that we were hanging with and the people that we were hanging with and the stuff that we attached to our lives. Some things God had to just pry. I tell my sons all the time, I said, son, it's so easy to get into some things and not so easy to get out. Some of that stuff might take you 20 years. Be careful. Some of the things we've gotten into is because we lean to our own understanding. Verse 6 says this. Proverbs says, in, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. But living translation says, seek to do his will in all that you do. And he will show you which path to take. That was the problem. I wasn't always thinking about what was the will of God in the situation. I was just thinking about what I want to do. The question is, did somebody ever tell me? Was it passed down? That's the instruction. We can't guarantee that they'll do it. But the question is, is, is did we even tell them? Hmm? Did we even tell them? Last two verses. Psalm 78, 78. You pass this stuff down, family, to the next generation, so each generation should set its hope anew on God so that this generation that you're passing it down to will have confidence in God. That's what that means. I tell you about God's goodness. I tell you about his commands. I tell you that I was, I, I'm transparent enough to say that even mom and daddy blew it. I get it. And this is what happened when I did it. And I want you to have different results. You know, I, want, I would like for you to stand on my shoulders, not be dragged through the same mud. And here's the thing. God is telling me to tell you about his goodness his story with Israel, his miracles, his truth, huh? God is telling me to tell you, babies, 
about my story, my experience with God. Why? Because I want you to have confidence in God. Because the truth of the matter is, by default, because you are born in sin, shaped in iniquity, just like me, by default, you will automatically decide to put your trust and your confidence in everything but God. So God tells us to tell our children about his goodness, his power, huh? and his rules. So we evangelize our children. We teach them the Bible. We pray over them in hopes that the Holy Spirit, here we go, will make the transformation. Because the idea is that we give our hearts to God. You can't make somebody give their heart to God. You got to know your role and stay in your lane. Amen? You know, when you're evangelizing, you're scattering the seed. You're scattering the word. He didn't say go dig up stuff. You know, tear up the ground, tear up the soil. You know? <laughs> say that. Scatter it, you know. Not trying to force salvation on our children. You know? You, know? you want them to receive Jesus, not choke on Jesus because you were shoving him down the throat. Bishop Hawkins was a rather interesting parent. His way was different. He dealt with me differently. He would do stuff like this. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Some parents would be like, no, get that. No, he'd be like, that's going to burn. Don't do that. Which made me think. Because he understood his child, and I was naturally curious about things. So he introduced another level of curiosity. Well, why not? He didn't force Jesus on me. He gave me the truth, tried to model it as best as he could, told me where he made his mistakes, was extremely transparent towards the end, especially when he saw that my baby was on the way. You know, and then he told me some things, you know, about the word of God and how God was loving and gentle and would, would, would you know, nurture me into the faith. But he didn't grab my neck and say, you better. That's what's wrong with a lot of folks nowadays, not the world, it was the church. We hurt some of the people. That's not the way to go. Bishop knew I was going to do something crazy, and he just decided not to act crazy about it. I'm not going to get freaked out. I think you always say, I'm not going to clutch my pearls like some old lady in church. He would just be like, oh, well, how was that? What did you learn from that? You think I'll do that again? Good. Glad you're thinking. Sometimes it's like that. You got to be careful. What I'm saying, saints, is there's a time for a firm hand. There's a time for a gentle hand. And the only way to get this right is to be under the power of the Holy Spirit. To know which way to go at which time. Because our way, you will provoke your children unto wrath. If you're not careful, and you'll get a reaction from Jesus versus receiving Jesus. There's a difference. Some folks out there doing craziness just because they're reacting 
to how they were brought up in the church, not recognizing there's another way. Jesus didn't even do that to people. Where did we get that from? Fear. Religious abuse and control. That's not it. That's not the way. The truth is, is Jesus taught the children. He gently taught them. We are to pass down the truth, not by force, but by praying and asking God to help us partner with him without getting in his way. Here's the truth. Let me tie this all together. As long as your children are being born on this planet, they are going to run into trouble. And the temptation for them will be the same as it was for us. They will be tempted when it gets tough. When they're going through a test, they'll be tempted to doubt God. Are you hearing me? Trouble and pain will come and attempt to start them thinking for themselves and lean to their own understanding about God, making up stuff. It is imperative that we teach them the word, amen, and that we are praying. Our responsibility is to tell them about the power of God, the goodness of God, and the commands of God, amen, and pray that they will place their confidence in God and not in this world system. Trouble will come. It shows up. Always. It's going to show up. And when it does show up, will they remember what we told them, assuming that we actually ever did tell them? Hmm? Amen. And those of us who are saved, we have the benefit of hearing the instructions of God. And the world system is going this way and God tells us to go another way. We not only have the ability to hear, we have the ability to follow. Not because we are good in and of ourselves, but because we believe the gospel. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood for what we did wrong against a holy God. God is perfect. He does not grade on the scale. He is expecting perfection, and perfection is not found in any one of us. It's only found in receiving the one who died for us, and that is Jesus Christ. So first step, before you pass it down, make sure you got the down payment of the Holy Spirit that you, that you were supposed to receive when you actually believed in Jesus Christ and placed your faith in him. Because he's going to hold us accountable for what we did, not only with our children, but with the next generation. Yes, 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 yes. It's true. It's true. We are all accountable, children or not. He didn't say if you have babies. He said the next generation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we must believe the gospel receive the Holy Spirit, repent of our sins, turn from that foolishness and realize that we've sinned against the Holy God and that he has been right from the beginning, all along. He's not wrong. We don't like it. That's because we don't have his character. Then his Holy Spirit moves in us and he starts to work within us his truth. It may take some time. You know, you may see your children doing some, you know, spiritual Tourette syndrome for a little while. What's that? What is all that? What are you doing? <laughs> what kind of life is that? If the Holy Spirit's there, give him a minute. He's working out the details. He's working out the changes. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep speaking. Keep talking. Keep, you know, 
being transparent. Keep telling your story. Keep telling the story. Trusting in God. Amen? We're supposed to pass this down. It's important that we know how do we do it. How do we do it? Not in our own understanding, not in our own intellect, not in our own religious system, not in our controlling fearful measures that we can sometimes get into out of fear, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. He will lead us and guide us. He will direct us. Thank you.